On this episode of the Peter Panda Podcast, I'm catching up with one of Montana's own, Brandon Purcell. On this hot summer day, we get to go back in time and cool down a bit as Brandon relives and tells the adventure of our mountain lion hunt together last winter. Brandon's a great storyteller and an even better hunter. Now, we've shared more than one campfire together through our years of guiding and hunting together in Alaska and Montana, so forgive us for cracking some bad jokes or getting off topic a time or two. But that's just what happens when grungy dudes like us get to reconnect. So listen up. We're about to run the hounds and fling some arrows at a monster Montana ditch panther with one of the best hunters I know, Brandon Purcell. But anyways, beautiful house you got here. Thank you. How long have you been working on this? I started December 1st. December 1st of 2022. Yep. And what did that, you have to dig a hole first? Yeah, so we got a bunch of excavation work done in October. Uh, we had the foundation poured in November. And then once the hunting season was over, I was finally able to start building from the ground up, yeah. just like right around December 1st. Do you call this... Uh, you still like in the vicinity of the Bitterroot Valley, or do you call this something else? Lolo. Uh, I mean, this is more like Lolo, Missoula area. I, th- I yeah. feel like when people refer to the Bitterroot, it's mainly like Florence South. Sure. Yeah, you think of like uh, Hamilton and Darby. Exactly. Yeah. And everything in that country, in the West Fork down there. Yep. So we're north of all that, but uh, you're building your first home. This is the first home you've ever built. Yeah, I've built some cabins. You have, yeah. Up in Alaska. Up in Alaska, but I've never built a full-scale house. Well, I'll tell you what. Ground up. You could have fooled me. (laughs) It looks incredible. Oh, thanks. If you can picture, if you're listening to this and you can picture it, we're sitting inside of a uh, construction site. It's a framed and walled house. Is it, is that how you say walled? Yeah, yeah, sheeted. Sheeted. So framed and sheeted house. Um, with a lot of exposed lumber and big beams, and it's just gorgeous. you got these big vaulted ceilings and this impressive great room and all of these future window uh, spots and this incredible view. I mean, I'm, I can see, what can you see, five, seven miles out there? Uh, yeah, I mean, this lower valley, you can see Lolo's about seven miles away, and then Mount Dean Stone, you can see in the distance there. Oh, is like goodness. Yeah, if I lean fifth, right, I can see like 20 miles. It's like 15, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Well, it's Pretty incredible. Sweet. Not a lot of people uh, not a lot of people get to live with such a view, and you picked, you picked this spot <laughs> perfectly, and uh, the great room in the future deck – all kind of face down valley it's stunning it's incredible and i know that you've put a lot of blood sweat and tears into this actually we were just you giving me the tour and i was like brandon no way have you gotten this far (laughs) along in this gorgeous home build without almost killing yourself and you were like oh definitely (laughs) so osha turn off right now but uh yeah it's incredible i'm really proud of you and i know you've put a lot of work into this and um I'm excited for you to see it through, but it is, it's more impressive than I thought it was. You know, I follow along with some of the minimal updates and stuff, and I like to know, I like to see where you're at with this, because I know you're working hard on it all the time, and walking into it here just a moment ago, 
incredible. It, Thanks. It feels uh, it feels close to being done. I don't know a lot about this stuff, but it feels yeah. Uh, it feels like a home, and you just got some like final things to do. Yeah, a lot of the heavy lifting is done. That's right. You know, once I got done yeah, with this, uh, literally. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like once we got done with this, or I got done with this front covered porch area. Yeah. The heavy lifting's done. You told me part. that that big beam I'm looking at out there is like 700 pounder. Probably. Minimum. Yeah. Heavy. Yeah, you don't want to drop that one. No, heavy enough to where the machine was maxed out. Oh, really? As far as what it could do when I was doing that. Oh. You were you were pushing the limits, huh? Yeah. She was beeping at me a little bit. Well, you got it done. Yeah. It looks hey, incredible. You know what are you going to do? Yeah. You just keep moving forward, man. Um it's good to see it. I haven't seen you uh, in a couple, what, about a month or so? We bear hunt, month we bear hunted months, yeah. a bit together in Alaska and Montana this spring. I feel like I haven't seen you for a while. But we were coming through the valley today, and I was like, I'm going to link up with Brandon, get lunch, and talk this dude into doing a podcast with me about, specifically, your successful mountain lion hunt this past winter, which I was lucky enough to be a part of. Which, funny enough, uh, we recorded a podcast together the night before you killed this big lion. Yeah. So I, I'd have to go back, but it's a it's an earlier episode of season two, season the twenty twenty three season of this year podcast, and you and I kind of talk about gui- guiding and a lot of Alaska stuff, and we were in the midst of a mountain lion hunt together, which we kind of have made an annual thing out of in recent years, but you had not yet killed this cat. Yeah. And so it's funny where we left this. Is, I want to pick up like right where that podcast left off for sure. Um, because we were in good spirits and going through all the motions to get you your first mountain lion. One of your archery super 10 pillars that we're still working on. Um, and who's in the red Jeep outside? Oh, it's my dad. Oh, I would like to meet him. We oh. might have to, we might have to log off here for a minute. That's okay. He's a real character. <laughs> What's his name? Joe. All right, people, we're going to go meet Joe. We'll be right back. <laughs> but that story is for another time. Dude, <laughs> great to meet your dad. Oh, yeah. Legend. What a legend. <laughs> a legend, yeah. Mr. Joe. Yeah. Wow. What a good dude. It was interesting to talk to him about his experience with enrolling his properties in block management. For sure. And the pros and cons to it. Mostly the to him, the pros. Oh, yeah. He spoke very highly of that program, and listening to him talk about it uh, was inspiring. Uh, I, it seems like he does it for all the right reasons. For sure. To to get kids out here hunting and for the resource to be utilized. For sure. And it has nothing to do with. The $11 per it person. Never ha- yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with money to him. It's just literally like the organization and utilization of his ranch. Yeah. For sure. And I mean, you, you got to think too. I mean, like he said, we've been hunting block management since I was five years old. Mm-hmm. And we've been on, you know, we used to go out Eastern Monta. We'd choose a different region every year and be like, we're going to go to this BMA, this BMA. And that's how we used to hunt. It wasn't like, this is before on X and you knew, oh, I have, 
in well, 30,000 acres I can hunt. So, I I mean, it wasn't that long ago that no. we didn't have all this stuff. I remember going into regional headquarters, you know, Fish yeah. Wildlife and Parks regional headquarters and getting a stack of BMAs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Print, maps print all like paper yeah. maps and then you go and i had a gazetteer in yeah. my truck and i would reference the montana gazetteer with your my block man yeah that was the og onyx for sure and like i used to just go down to the local uh like um yeah office B- uh, uh bureau of land management blm I used to go down to their office and buy the BLM maps of where we were going, and then it was the same deal. It was the gazetteer, just a little more detailed. I was going to say you could see you could see per square mile, uh, you know, federal yeah. yellow block management on yeah. the gazetteer. Yeah, my my freshman dorm, Roski Hall, shout out, uh, <laughs> Montana State, <laughs> rah rah, let's go cats. <laughs> 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 we come through Missoula today. Missoula's got some fucking. Pride, some yeah, oh, gr- some grizzly. Pride. Oh yeah, I think there's so more. You, you get a lot of bobcat fans out there, but the 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 Missoula grizzly crowd, oh, it's a different level. Loyal, yeah, dude. I remember. Oh god, I could go. I had a, we got breakfast in Missoula once, and one of my college homies was being a smartass to the waitress and said, "Oh no, I'll take the bobcat special." Obviously, we're in like a grizz. Don't don't spit in that food. <laughs> they did, she never she never came back. Oh my god! Like thirty five minutes <laughs> later, we like got up and uh, let our like showed ourselves out, and I was like, "You jackass!" Like, yeah, Bobcat special. Of course, she wasn't coming back. Yeah, you don't say that in Missoula. Uh, anyways, school pride. What were we talking about? Cat hunting. Yeah, cat hunting. <laughs> and your dad showed up. And <laughs> talked about everything block management and uh mr joe doing it for all the right reasons and he had some great stories about getting kids out hunting here and his proudest story was take is telling us right now about taking you pronghorn hunting when you were just a toddler in a damn backpack oh yeah i still remember that dude that's is that your like your first memory uh i mean my first like hunting memory probably i mean i was probably like four or five years old and i can still remember being in one of those like damn you know you think about like those shitty kelty kid hair carrier backpacks in that and this whole herd of antelope like coming up over a rise and we're outside of glendive or shelby i can still remember the hey, you antelope don't, you don't have spot burn 35 <laughs> years hey, later hey bro <laughs> this was this is pretty epic country i better not talk about it stay out of my <laughs> spots but yeah, I still remember those antelope coming up over the rise. I'm in my dad's backpack and just hear no earmuffs, no nothing, no earplugs, just thirty odd six. What earplugs? <laughs> and then a they, nose full of powder. Oh yeah, burnt powder, and For you're sure. like, I love it. <laughs> yeah. And they used to call him Gatlin Joe. I mean, he can fire what a, a bolt action like the semi-auto, and just you know, this is long <laughs> before the, to the Gatling gun. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah, this is Belt way fed. yeah way before the days of you know semi-auto good shooting this is bolt action just dudes working running manually work running that action running no r- that bolt. no rangefinder you're high you just give them some air or you're low you're you giving them some air you know i think there's something to be said about that uh that uh generation of sportsmen for sure that are able to shoulder an old wooden 270 oh yeah kill anything within 350 yards for sure 
I see more people in this day and age fiddle fucking with fancy with fancy fucking. stuff. Yeah, and I'm saying this is all cool. It all I it's like. Sweet. I like where this is going, the technology of it, the advancement of it, but in a hunting environment. My experience has been I have seen more people uh, fumbling uh, a phone, a uh, kestrel, yep. a turret, yep. a bipod, a level. Yep. It, uh, it's it's frustrating, particularly as a guide, to see these people focus, maybe focusing on the wrong things and like not being able to just be a predator – in the peak predatory moment. For sure. Like, I need you to kill this right now. For sure. And I think that's, uh, we're losing that. I bet your father can do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, it makes a a tremendous amount of respect to that because I think in that generation, I feel like people were more doing it for the right reasons. I'm not saying people today don't, but I think there's a huge fuck up today in today's hunting world People are just doing this shit for likes, and people are shit doing this shit because, like, they want to stroke their own ego. Yeah, hit me up on threads. Right. And it's like, you think about that generation, like, I grew up meat hunting. And so that was the pri- your priority. Prior- your primary reason going out hunting with your dad yeah. is try- being in that backpack. You are going out getting groceries. Getting groceries. I mean, I, yep. I killed We've a bull elk this. when I was 13. I didn't kill another bull elk till I was 21 years old. What happened? I blacked out. <laughs> yeah, because I was just killing cows and I was just killing. Oh, them. that that's what it was. Just yeah. meat hunting, you know? And it's like, I think there's a nobility to that. And I think that's, in all honesty, I think it's, there is a part of that's hugely lacking today. Because it's like you have this, I have a rifle, I have two rifles over there. One of them's $2,500. The other one's like $7,500. Mm-hmm. And what are, what are the similarities and what are the differences? If you were to give me that $2,500 rifle, I could kill anything in North America. Yeah, dude, I got a 270 like this. Yeah. I'm like, hey, when Kingdom Come falls and the apocalypse is happening now and there's a nuclear fallout, what gun am I going for? I'm going for my wooden 270 yeah. in, my, in my closet. <clears throat> and, and the other one's sweet. I could shoot anything that I could see from right here. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> we already established that we could see 25 miles. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, I don't know. And you kind of break it down. I mean, it, it it is a tool for a job, and I totally I love what it is. But, man, there was something about that uh, that Kimber that just, you Yeah, know. you did. You were loyal. You were loyal, loyal. to a rifle for a long time. Yeah. Uh, tell me about that. That was your black. I remember it was a black. Well, it started out as. Little mountain. It started out as camo. And then I sanded it off. You did. Was yeah. it that Optifade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they made a whole batch of those Kimber Mountain Ascents yep. eight years ago. <clears throat> yep, and the, the finish on them sucked. Oh, is that right? Yeah, and it just got all worn off, so I sanded it off, spray painted it black. It looked sweet. <laughs> My man. <laughs> they were not a fan of that I did that. Kimber. Yeah, because like, I had a warranty issue this year, and they're like, oh, you painted the stock? Oh, we, we're not going to warranty your rifle. That's a lame reason. Right. I can see them... Like being having some ground to stand on there, be like you a def- little. You defaced it, but camera. Oh, it's spray paint. Did I? It's spray paint. You made the action. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like it's it's the action here. You know, it's not. I don't think spray painting the stock is going to have an effect on the rifle's action, especially when you remove the action from the stock when you spray paint it. I had one of those mountain ascents in a three hundred wind mag. Yeah, and I had it for about a year and got rid of it. Uh, I couldn't get that gun to shoot, but it was like a little six pound 
300 win mag. Right. So I like didn't even fault. You can't fault the gun. I didn't at that. fault yeah. the gun. It. I was like, no. You've been. It's like you see a pug. You're like, I'm sorry. We have we forced <laughs> evolution to this point. <laughs> yeah. It's not your fault. For sure. I mean, I wouldn't want to shoot my 300 PRC in a six pound platform because I feel like that would suck. So what does that gun weigh? The, your fancier the one. PRC is like 10 and a half pounds. That's a prop. I think a double digit weight yeah. on a rifle is an accurate rifle. That being said, though, I think that if you put me in the woods and you yeah, gave yeah. me. Yeah, so this is going full circle. We're totally hypocritical because right. your go-to rifle was your OG Kimber. And still, if you were to put me in a situation, you're like, choose one. Yeah, you'd grab that one. I'd be like, ah, just give me that one because yeah. I don't have to think about it. I can just go up and I can shoot. What caliber is that one in? 30 out 6. It is. Okay. So about identical to the one I had. Yeah. And I can shoot 500 yards with it. And that's great. What more? I, I, I just, can count on one. I can count on one hand the amount of animals I've killed past 500 yards. The only thing I will say, and I always have been skeptical about like these new calibers. I just think it's just like, what's the it girl? You know, like what's hot right now? And <laughs> so hot right now. Cancel. <laughs> so hot right now. That 300 PRC. It's the same look. It's the same look. It's one look. Like I'm taking crazy pills. At a client, shoot a bear 525 yards that 300 PRC. Hit it in the ass. Killed it dead. Hmm. One shot. And that's a little bull. What's the grain on that? It's 212 grains. Oh, that's heavy. At shooting at 2,900 feet per second. Oh, that's a bigger bullet than I thought it was. It's huge. I mean, you can see the two boxes of ammo over there. I thought you were going to point to a hole in the (laughs) wall. No, yeah. I got pissed out here one day, and I'm just fucking waylaying. When your (laughs) arm started rising and you started pointing at the wall, I was like, you did what? (laughs) SK? (laughs) SK? Brand. Yeah. No, I mean, but, like, the size of the bullet is crazy. Like, when you actually compare them. Side by side, I mean, the 30-odd six looks small. That's that's pretty gangster. But the th- PRC, it's like, you know, and I'm not, again, I'm not a big fan of, like, this way, whole. Way less uh, muzzle velocity and kinetic energy than a 30-odd six. There's more powder behind a 30-odd six. <sighs> well, the 30-odd six has, it's shooting 178 We're going down a, a rifle right. and ballistics rabbit hole that I don't even want to go down with you right now. But it's, it's still, it's shooting at. This is Joe's fault. 2,775. 300 PRC is shooting, that's a 178 grain bullet. 300 PRC is shooting a 212 grain bullet at 2,900 feet per second. It's bigger and faster. Way faster. And the kinetic energy is just way heavier. Insane. I was shooting rocks out here the first day I got it, and I was rolling the rocks over. (laughs) You were assaulting (laughs) the mountain. For sure. I felt bad. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) That's funny. Okay, well, back to cat hunting, which you didn't use a rifle. No. Let me let me just nerd so, out on the rifle real quick, and then I'm gonna go all, back to basics here. All of this is for nothing. Yeah, uh, your archery <laughs> resume is more interesting to me than these stupid guns. <laughs> uh, so there we were, lucky again, just out there cat hunting this winter, and uh, I can't remember where we left off except we recorded our last podcast together the night. Before you killed your cat, yeah. which was the last day of your hunt, you had come over to my house, Belgrade, Montana, and stayed for, what, four days or so? Yeah, I think we were there three days when we recorded the last podcast. And this is our second and third, second or third year of doing this together, yeah. where like after guide season, you and I have been able to reconnect on a lion hunt each winter. 
trying to get you a lion first cat first cat yeah uh but you're a savage bow hunter and you had high standards for it and you're a montana resident which affords you this more opportunity to kill a mountain lion than somebody from oklahoma probably for sure uh, so you always had a high stand. You weren't trying to shoot the first female we treat. Right. Which it, the cookie never really even crumbled that way because I think. That was the first cat that we that treat. We together. Yeah. 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 This, that does the story such a disservice. For sure. That phrase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, we just, the first one we treated, we killed and it was a huge. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what the big deal is. No, but I mean, I think, you know, I mean. Last year we hunt we hunted hard and I think ran some cats and never caught yeah. a cat together. Maybe we were together for a couple of days. Yeah, and we ran. Yeah, we did that. Big, I found that track on Onyx the other day. Yeah, and I was like, "What is this? When have I been here?" Yeah, and clicked into it and saw the date and I was like, "I know exactly what that was." I was ripping around with Brandon. Yeah, yeah, we ran the hounds up and over a ridge. Well, and then the first day we were out, we ran that was what was probably a female track and it got fouled up with all those bobcat tracks and then the year before we ran that female or just a cat track and it just didn't work out up know? and over that ridge right that is whatever to, happened there that, <laughs> whatever happened there look i know you don't want to talk about it and i can i can take i can gauge that right now but i'll talk about it we don't know what happened up for all i know they went to the top of that mountain and fought gandalf yeah. And came back. But long and short of it is we turned our hounds loose, Sphinx, tracks, and Moose. Yep. We turned those three hounds loose on a day-old female track. And like nothing I'd ever seen before, they they follow this cat track 1,000 feet straight up. At least. 2,000 2, feet straight <laughs> yeah. up. 2,500, 2,700 feet straight up in a straight line. Like yeah. almost, I think it, it was just I mean, shy of 3,000 vertical feet. Yeah. And they went up and over a ridge, and uh, we lost communication with them for the next five hours. Yeah. Which we were waiting for them to come back, built a fire, which was you, – you've taught me many things <laughs> in the woods. You've taught me many things in the woods, but I think the most valuable thing you've taught me is to not hesitate to build a fire. I spent so much of my life in cold, wet <laughs> just, environments just- – being cold for the sake of being cold yeah, don't, don't be afraid <laughs> to build a fire <laughs> no so we built a fire and then we circled they didn't come back so we circled around the ridge got signal on the dogs they were still like 2,000 feet above us in this gnarly stuff cliffy rocky stuff the story goes these hounds came back one at a time that afternoon uh tore up yeah one more tore up than the next i think moose showed up like he had a little or like he maybe had a bleeding, to- a yeah. bleeding toenail like nothing alarming or even noteworthy and then tracks came back and tracks had some blatant puncture wounds yeah and it was like whoa did you fight it each other yeah did you fight another hound did you fight a bobcat did you fight a lion in a cave did you stir a denned bear yeah what is going on and you know you just assume it's the lion because that's what they started on that's where the last we saw them. For sure. They were standing on top of a mountain lion track. Sphinx comes back last. Dude, and he had, what was it? He had cuts on his chest. So Sphinx, here's what's his scary. Sphinx face. is a walker, so he's w- mostly white. Yeah. So the, if the blood on him is more alarming. For sure. Because uh, it's more visible. And, you know, I've seen it with 
killing lions around him, him having a lot of lion blood on him and his own scuffs and stuff. But I've seen sometimes it's superficial. Yeah. You know, and he came back that day. He was the last one back. And we, we still had to hike out of there. Like two and a half, three miles. To the snowmobiles. And then yeah. it was like 12 miles on the snowmobile. Yeah. We were in there. Oh, yeah. I. This is rugged. We're sitting in your li- your Tubi living room. It's <laughs> just a, a beautiful roaring wind coming up this valley. If you can hear this in the microphone, I, I don't apologize. <laughs> you you wish you were here. <laughs> Smells good. What do you pay for that air quality? <laughs> Sphinx comes back covered in blood. Yep. And we have not killed a lion with him, so I'm pretty alarmed. And it turns out Sphinx was pretty tore up. He had several... Several tears and puncture wounds that we had to staple up and clean up after that. But he came back in rough shape. Oh, yeah. But came back. And we didn't get a cat that day. And we went home and doctored up dogs. And um, you took a a humble experience in your cat hunting resume and came back this year. Yeah. Dogs healed up. <laughs> dogs. No dogs got fucked up this no, year, which was no dog. pleasant. No, but the story was spicy. Yeah. It, the story got spicy this year. All right, so this winter, we were cat hunting together. We had put in two, three days together uh, prior to recording that last podcast. Spoiler alert, we recorded that podcast, went to bed, killed a big lion the next morning. So that's what I want to talk about with yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> There's about an eight-hour window of your life. <laughs> <laughs> What did you dream about? <laughs> what did I feed you for dinner? What do tigers dream of, you know? <laughs> tigers. <laughs> when they take a little tiger snooze. Little tiger <laughs> So uh, it snowed that night, didn't it? Yeah, we actually woke up, uh, what was that, to like two, three inches of fresh snow? Mm-hmm. Pretty primo conditions. And this, I believe, was in like February? It was uh, late January. So it was like right around my birthday. Hmm. Like right before it was like January. I think I killed that cat on January twenty fifth. We were uh, we were driving over here today. We were trying to scheme, and I was like scrolling through my Google Photos, and then I almost crashed and stopped looking. Mm, solid on account of almost killing everyone. You don't want to kill your uh, new wife, you know? No, it's too new. Yeah, you know, ten twenty years down the line, you too might think many, different, but too many uh, questions. <laughs> you know couple weeks into it, probably doesn't look good. No. No. Everybody knows who they're going to come ask. <laughs> uh, January 25th, we killed that lion. So that's pretty primo. I was thinking it was later. Because when did I kill my lion? Yours Mine like, was late. Yours was like two weeks later, I think. I thought it was like two months later. I don't think it was that much later. It was. I mean, it was definitely later. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So the quotas were open. We're looking for a mature tom to kill. I think prior to that, the last three days, we had seen old tracks and maybe some bobcat tracks and never prioritized or pursued any of them. Well, we pursued that female track on day one on the same road. Remember? And we lost it. Oh, yeah. And we, like, had that whole fucking shit show up there with the and bobcats the cliffs, yeah. and the cliffs. And, and then dry ground. And, right. Yeah, that, lost it. If you're not familiar with mountain lion hunting, it might sound like we're really bad at it. And maybe we are. But uh, it is ends less successfully more often than it ends successfully with a cat in a tree. 
and that's the glory photos everybody sees on the YouTube and the internet of the cat in the tree and the dog barking. But to get to that point, at least in Montana, on general hunting units, uh, it's it's definitely less than a 50% success rate. Sure. Um, so we didn't catch that one day one. No, and then we spent a couple days and we just, you know, challenging conditions. I think we saw some other tracks, but trying to sort out what's fresh, what's not. And then that last day, yeah, we got two inches of snow. We went out that morning and we went on like a pretty big rip. I remember Yeah. yeah. we separated, came back together, found two juvenile tracks. And you're like, well, we this could- is the second rip of the morning though. Yeah. So we went on a big rip and didn't yeah. find anything. And then went on our next big, you know, we started at four or whatever we did. Oh yeah. And, uh, but now I think we were on our second major drainage of snowmobiling that morning. Yeah. Yeah. And found two juvenile tracks crossing the road. Yeah. It was like two yearling cats walking together down this road uh, and bailed off. A very, like an ideal situation for houndsmen. For sure. You're going to go catch these cats. Uh, but we had a a decision to make. And yeah, I want you to tell us, tell me about that. Yeah, you were just like, well, what do you want to do? And like, I mean, I've, you know, I have the luxury of being able to have seen mountain lions before. So you, what was your previous experiences? So, I mean, I've seen, you know, I used to guide up in Northwest Montana and I, I've seen, I'm not going to say quite a few, but I mean, comparatively, I've seen a few mountain lions well, uh, on the hoof. Deer and elk hunting? Yeah. On the pad? Yeah. So like they're alive. Uh, so what, what's, you've seen them three times, five times? I think I've seen, uh, I think prior to this trip, I think I've seen five. That's a lot. A lot. I've seen three without my dogs involved, or or a dog. Involved. Sure, I've seen three, and I feel like that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, so I wasn't like you know, it was like oh, we could chase these one, we'll, we'll tree them, and I'm like, eh. Well, so this was also your last day. You, yeah, you had to get back to Western Montana, your home. Yeah, so you had a three four hour drive ahead of you. There's snowy highways. So this was really like, hey, we're gonna go check in the morning and for sure see what happens. You know, and then I gotta go. Yeah. Which was all good. Uh, but I remember that moment standing over those juvenile tracks. I mean, like, yo, we can go catch these. Like, we yeah. can go get the dogs right now, and we can go catch these if you want to see a lion. Yeah. Or we can keep punching the clock and being a uh, consistent lion hunter right now and check the next creeks that we've been checking for three or four days now. Yeah. So just punch the clock and go through the motions and finish out this cycle, this circle of places we're going to check. Yeah. Which there was one more drainage we were going to go check. Yeah. And you were like, let's go look for a big Tom track. And we've had some jokes about, uh, you know, fortune favors the bold. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, what, whatever. <laughs> well, it's, uh, you know, as the houndsman, I probably – if, if you would ask me, I'd have been like, no, let's just go catch these cats. Let's go yeah. catch these cats. This is a sure. layup here. Let's do this. For sure. But you were like, no, we're going to stick to our goal-oriented lion hunt and try to find a big tom to kill because quota's still open. Conditions are good. Let's stick to our plan. And so we do. We drive 30 minutes to the next trailhead, unload our sleds. And I'll, t- I'll tell this part of the story because I spearheaded it. <laughs> 
Yeah. We come around, you know, we unload the sled, start up this trail. We, You were not a quarter mile from the truck. No, I bet I could have seen the truck if I looked close enough For sure. through the trees. For sure. Yeah, I, I ripped down. You know, we unload the sleds, thumbs up. You were probably still putting your gloves on or something. Yeah. So I, I ripped out of the parking lot. 30 seconds. Yeah. Maybe 60 seconds was between us, and I knew you would be right behind me. Yeah. I get a quarter mile up this road, and it's just gorgeous mint, just pure cream cheese. Two uh, inches of fresh. No. Ray Charles could have found a mountain lion yeah. track on that road. And I see it from 100 yards out, whatever. And I'm quick to get excited, but I'm also quick to think is a wolf. Very similar track. For si- sure. Size and gait. And I'm like, man, that that's a big track. It's either a lion or a wolf. I knew that very quickly. And then once I got within 10 yards of it, you know, st- the direct registry, the track was so clean. Oh, yeah. The post hole in. Right there. I was like, that's not a wolf. That's a lion. That's definitely a lion. Pulled up on it seen the toes in the pad 100 percent. it's a lion yep i am elated i'm so excited but i'm by myself here and i'm standing on my snowmobile and i turn around and i see you coming up the road and i just started fist <laughs> i started like oh yeah fist pumping and like air air jamming to you and i'm sure that's the split moment i'm sure at that yeah, moment yeah. you had to have known he definitely oh, it, it, yeah because i come around the corner i think right is you're just like fucking fist in the air and i'm just like holy shit like he's got one i had some it's rams right there. going in the yeah. airpods <laughs> for sure. i had a lion track under the sled for sure uh, it was a great day well not only that but I, I remember when we started the hunt out you're like hey like the lion we're looking for probably is gonna have like a 48 to 50 plus inch stride yeah, on the big end. On the big end. And that's what we were looking for. And, I mean, I still have the video on my phone, and I have the tape in my hand. And you can see it. Clean as that. You can see me yeah. spread my arms. How long is the track? Go down to it. Toe-to-toe is 58 inches. Okay. So, I, uh, if anybody has any insight to this, let me know. My only thought is that the cat was slightly... Uh, tro- slightly running or trotting, trotting, yeah, which spread the gate out. But I've looked at enough cat tracks to know that I've seen running cat tracks and it gets messy. Yeah, uh, you'll see that uh, you know the direct registry, the perfect post holes goes away, and maybe it'll start misstepping like a canine for sure. And it wasn't. It no. was clean, clean step by step by step by step, big cat track. Yeah. And we, we measured it out. And I remember sending that video and that information to a handful of other houndsmen. Yeah. And all of them being like, certainly that's not right. Yeah. I was like, dude, I don't know. I mean, I. I so if, and it wasn't. We, so spoiler alert again, we go to kill this cat at the end of the story. And it's not like the cat had some freakish leg length. No. It was a normal big, big Tom. Yeah. But it was still, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it had, uh, had you not videoed me with the tape measure in my hand. That's right. And I mean, I'm pretty adapted to the tape measure. <laughs> it's just. What do you call You know what I mean? Yeah. But had we not done that, and I, as I mean, my wingspan is probably just under six feet. Yeah. And setting that thing down on the video, you're like, what is it? And I'm yeah. like, 58. 
And I mean that, like to me, because we the other ones that we had seen, I think that were like forty-two to forty-six. Yeah, the female that we saw was probably like forty. Yeah, forty-five. So you don't know what we're talking about. We're talking about if you uh, measuring a lion track to another lion track. Uh, so a uh, lion walks down the road very cleanly, putting its back foot where its front foot was, and it's just this very clean left, right, left, right, left, right post hole. They don't drag their feet. Yeah, uh, it's, it's just a clean, sophisticated looking track in the snow. And you measure them from the front toe of the the back left foot to the next track up on the high left, the next left foot yep. post, post hole to the back heel. Yeah. Average female is going to be 42 to 47. Anything past that's going to be a big tom. Yeah. And this lion was laying down a 57, 58-inch stride. And my only explanation for it is it was just really cleanly running. Like, trot, like just, it wasn't I even mean, that down. It was flat. It was flat. And you could see, I mean. So weird. It's weird to see the similarities, too, between, like, I have a house cat and that cat. And they're just, the same, dude, they're the same thing. It's insane because I, I, all winter. They are the same thing. I watch my cat walk. And it's this. It's the fucking. Once someone post. Once someone points out direct registry to you. Yeah. An animal putting its foot in the exact same spot as its front foot. Yeah. You never uns. You can't unsee no. it. So you watch a house cat walk through something. You're like, yep, there it is. Oh yeah. For, Dogs can do it when they're trotting. For sure. It, it's crazy to think about too, because like my house cat's 15 pounds. And the lion. I mean, we that never. Sounds like a big house cat. It, we didn't weigh. You know, my cat on the hoof. but Oh, it's 10 times bigger. I'd imagine 10 times bigger. 10 times? 150 pounds. And I think of what my house cat, when he's fucking around with me, when he plays murder with my arm. Oh. You think about a cat's 10 times that size? Oh. Like. Scary. Dude, even the claws. Like, I remember, like, sitting there with my taxidermist even, like, pushing the claws out. And I was just like. Shwing. Especially that he called, I think, the murder claw, like, their thumb. The hook. I always called it the meat hook. That, like, fifth toe. Woof. Like yeah, you, it's the dew claw. It's a dew yeah. claw. And I've never, honest to God, I've never had any fear of mountain lions when I'm out in the mountains. You know, I've never been like, grizzly bears, yeah, they'll, you can get spooked. Mountain lions have always been like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. After killing that That's, one. Oh, did it change? You're scared of them. I'm not scared of them, but I think there's New, a respect healthier respect. Because it's like, dude, that lion, I mean, I remember walking up on that thing. And I came from underneath it, you know, and I was like looking up at it like, That's a big fucking cat. Especially once I circled around to like where you were. Yeah, so let's let's back up. Woof. So we, we cut this track, and it's obviously a damn Bengal tiger going down there. It was a, <laughs> it was the largest track I'd seen all winter. Yeah. I was like, dude, this is it. Like, for, <laughs> fortune favored the bold, I fresh. guess. And like, it's fresh, smoker fresh. You stuck to your guns. You made you called the audible to keep looking for a tom track, when we certainly could have just gone and caught those juvenile lions and taking a picture and had a good day. Yeah. Uh, you played your cards and it fell in your favor. Smoking hot lion track, perfect mint snow condition. The snow is six hours old. The lion track was an hour old. Yeah. So we go get the dogs, which are right there. Right there. Bring them to it and away they go. Yeah. And I remember separating from you at this point. And yeah. I am going <laughs> – <laughs> I'm going to snowmobile. I'm going to flank yep. the action. I'm going to play it wide. 
and keep a GPS signal on the dogs. At no point was I worried about his catch. Like, we're going to catch it. Just for sure. Where and how. For sure. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to buzz, you know, and fly wide and keep a signal on the GPS. Brandon, if you really want to kill this cat, which I know you do, and I know we should, you need to walk every step of this race step by step behind the dog that's which was taught to me by my cat hunting mentor it was like if you really really need or want to kill a lion for sure don't leave its track for sure you walk step by step but often this day and age with our gps's and stuff we can be like yeah the dogs went up and over that ridge but hell we could just drive around right and that's often the smart and safe thing to do sure so i played that card i'm going <laughs> and i put i sick you i basically i turned you loose oh like, yeah like a hound dog yeah it's like i'll see you at the tree yeah you gave me uh a receiver unit for the collars oh yeah i had a, a second handheld yep. so you could see all the hounds yep. and you're like here take this and i remember i mean we set out and i mean you know obviously knowing how things turned out i don't know if i would have done things differently but those dogs were just lined out and i mean i walked that track for a while but it was cool and I actually did appreciate doing it. And later, probably wasn't totally necessary to do it. it was, those, yeah, it wasn't necessary at, at any point. N- no, those dogs just, they were so. should have l- probably just stuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> but it was cool to see where that lion had been. It was cool. I, I, that morning. You coming to the tree and telling me about that boulder field where you think they jumped it. Oh, yeah. And you, you reading For that sure. track and studying that track. And you're like, I think I know what happened here. Yeah. Which is. Because that's a skill set that I feel like only trappers and lion hunters for get sure to perfect. Because they, I mean, it was cool as shit to see that where the dogs took that lion, followed that lion up to that cliff, and I, there was a cave up there right at the base of that cliff where I think the lion had been like living, or at least was. You think it was like just posted up there? At yeah, or something. Because it went in and like the tracks were, you know, there's that two three inches of snow. Tracks kind of disappeared into this cave, and that's where the dog tracks come in. And then all of a sudden, that track is just that cat track lined out. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't like you know what's was, crazy is how far it went from there though. I mean, it was over. I mean, it was decently. I you mean, would think. I guess in my head, I think that they like jumped it out of the cave right in front of him. But I bet that cat heard him coming. Oh, yeah. from a half mile out for sure. And that's when he jumped out and was just like because he still went a mile. And he, and the thing is too, when I kind of like gave up on the track, because I mean, I'm looking at the the unit being like. So you can see where the dogs are going. These dogs are like lined out, and I'm like sitting in this cliff. Like, going what the fuck four, am I doing? You know? Forty miles an hour <laughs> yeah, on this track. For sure. I, I see. I see Sphinx and tracks. Or was it Moose that morning? Tracks. Tracks. They're just like, like it's like drawing I, a line. I love. I'm, I always uh, get too zoomed in. Yeah. And when all of a sudden your dogs are like tick tick off screen, you're, cause yeah. you're too zoomed in. You're like, oh, they're moving. Yeah. And then you got to zoom out quickly and see what's happening. So they catch it. Obviously. Yeah. They go and catch it. And I took the wide route and made it to the tree 30 minutes before you. For sure. Yeah, I mean, we had no, and the you know, thing too is I'm no first time, we first no time cat hunter. No, I'm not first, first, second time cat hunter. Mm-hmm. Not real experience, but I'm like, they're in the fucking tree. Yeah. Like if Pete's not there. Well, the GPS pretty well yeah. tells you. Yeah. Treed. <laughs> treed. <laughs> treed. Sphinx. Treed. Yeah. Tracks, so, treed. And then 30, 40 minutes of just the same signal coming right. in. And I'm like, okay, they're going to be here. So I like, you know, even though we don't have communication between the two of us, I'm like, either Pete's going to be at the tree or he's not. And I'm guaranteeing he's going to be at the tree. The dogs are definitely there. Yeah. 
So you get to the tree a half hour after me up in some steep timber. Yep. And when I got to the tree, it was hard for me to get there. And then I immediately look up and realize it's a, it's a stud cat. Yeah. It's a, it's a gorgeous pumpkin head Tom. Yep. And it was scarred up and looked old and obviously big. And it's the cat we turned loose on. Yep. And I've been in this situation before where you spend like this time there. Yeah. And your ears go numb from all the the barking. <coughs> yeah, you just tune you tune that out. Yeah. Which is it sounds impossible to do, but uh, you know, you sit there long enough, you can. And I remember hearing you come through the snow from far out, different from all these dog barks. Yeah. Here you come. You're a sweaty mess, and you're sludging through knee-to-thigh-deep snow. I remember your orange ski goggles, your snowmobile yeah. goggles, are sideways on your head. <laughs> you, looked, you looked like you had ran there. Oh, yeah, full and on. I, and I believe you had. Full on, yeah. And you're like, they got a tree. Did you see a tree? I'm like, yeah, dude, they got a tree. I've been here for a half hour <laughs> waiting on you. But that it was you worked way harder than me that morning Yeah. Uh, to get to that tree. And so, uh, you get there and you're going to, you're a bow, you got your bow with you. You're going to shoot this cat with a bow, which is wicked deadly. I've seen lions killed with everything from a 22 semi-automatic long rifle to a bow and arrow to handguns and big rifles. Yeah. Everything. And, uh, I've only killed, I've killed three, Two of my three lions are with a bow. It's it's incredibly deadly. Oh yeah, it's like an incredibly sure. lethal way to kill an animal. For sure, as long as you hit it right. A well shot elk or a well shot lion or a well shot field mouse. Yeah, are all going to die in 15 seconds. Yep. with or, a well put arrow. Yep. So I have no reservation. I know you're an accomplished, uh, an experienced bow hunter. So I have no reservations about you having your bow at all. Like that doesn't. Yeah, it's not a second thought to me. You might, you may as well have had a fifty caliber rifle. <laughs> like I didn't care. It's the same to me. Tell me about getting there and taking your shot and what you saw. Yeah, I mean it was interesting because like you know normally when you're shooting your bow, it's kind of like I mean I do a lot of shit alone, so I'm always shooting my bow by myself. It's always quiet. I've never shot under the duress of having like sphinx and moose sitting there fucking oh 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 and i'm like pete shot these fucking dogs <laughs> i think i even said that at one point i was like you get these did, things to shut the fuck up you did get a little <laughs> unraveled in the yeah. in the next chapter of the story right i remember having like a moment like we're brothers and I, <laughs> i'm pretty close with you and like pretty comfortable and i i got a vibe from you coming up here where you barked back and i was like oh fuck oh like, I'm not, don't poke the bear oh i, I already poked it Quit poking it but so anyways dogs are barking i'm probably filming you yeah lions you're in exhausted the, you're you're a mat you're i mean i had just trudging. sprinted like a mile and this isn't like sprinting like flat ground on a track i mean it's like sprinting in the mountains knee plus deep snow it was not easy i'm gassed yeah show up the lion's in the tree and in what I perceived is like a very good position. I'm not like, I mean, I'm an experienced bow hunter. I have killed some shit. I am not one that's going to say like, that wind's intense. Uh, I'm not one to say that like, I am the world's best bow shot because I'm not. 
and I can admit to that. And me I think ne- if you, me neither. If you, if you can't admit to that as a bow hunter, I think you're full of shit. Yeah, of course you are. Right. So it's like where are you going with this? The the mountain lion's eight yards, and it's in a pretty naked tree. However, the the way the cat was positioned, his front shoulder behind the crease probably only left an inch and a half to two inches between the crease of the shoulder and the tree. Because he's kind of cupped up. Cupped in there. He was kind of cupped up and like curved towards us. If just you picture this. Just enough, you know, to where it wasn't like a. But it wasn't even enough for us to like talk. It, this is all in hindsight. Yeah, and I mean, this is. I mean. I feel like we're both very experienced outdoorsmen, and I don't think I would have ever called that shot differently. No, I no way. I, I think I said that to you earlier today. I was like, I just I went and rewatched the video. Yeah, and I wouldn't change like I wouldn't change a thing. I still watch the video of the arrow going into this line, and I'm like, dead, dead lion, dead cat, dead cat, like vi- like vitals. Oh, I mean, I still have the video, and I'll look at it and I'll be like, how did that shot not kill that cat? So we're getting ahead of ourselves. It didn't. The cat no. jumps. The cat jumps out of the tree and looks fatally wounded. Rolls in the snow. Rolls out of sight. Dogs are going nuts. I'm like reload an arrow. Yeah. Obviously, there's not going to be a second shot. It's gone. Right. And I'm like, it's ten thousand percent dead. Yeah. I'm congratulating you, and it's good, and I'm so excited, and you're still rattled from this whole thing (laughs) and uh i'm like i'm gonna go down i'm gonna hike down and confirm that the lion is 100 percent dead yeah and when i say that unleash the dogs yeah i think this is going to be like a two minute window not two minutes not two minutes i didn't see you for another hour yeah i remember you going down there and i was like you know because we've done a lot of hunting together and i'm fucking expecting just oh you know like Oh, pumped I'd up. A, I'd have let you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was, and then it was like, you know, five minutes go by, 10 minutes go by, 15 minutes go by. So and on it, my end, during this t- same time window, I'm following tons of blood. Yeah. Tons of blood. Oh, yeah. In a rolling cat. Like it's rolling down the hill like it's dead. Yeah. You know, or dying. And then it gets up. And now I'm following a walking cat. Still bleeding a lot. Yeah. Fresh snow. Following a walking cat, five minutes, ten minutes. All of a sudden, I've gone a quarter mile from you. Yeah. Or, or further. Or further. All of a sudden, and still bleeding a lot. Like, there was a, a like a paint trail. Yeah. The whole way. All of a sudden, the cat turns uphill, which if you know anything about wounded animals, they don't Not usually good. go uphill. Yeah. They almost always go downhill. Yeah. Cat starts walking uphill, to which I start screaming back to you to turn the dogs loose. Yep. Which is a, a not a good situation. That's a da- that's the most right. dangerous for situation sure. for your dogs. For sure. A wounded lion that you're going to ask these cats, these dogs to go tree again, and hopefully that cat's got enough fuel left in the tank to climb a tree and doesn't just turn around and fight to the death. For sure. Which tracks and Sphinx would have been down for. Yeah, absolutely. Which would have killed him. But followed it uphill. You kicked. So, yeah, tell me what was happening on your end. Well, so, yeah, I'm, you know, essentially I'm going to call myself a first-time catter. I've never <laughs> killed a cat at this point, you know, and it's just like, well, fuck, I've been on two cat hunts. This is the second uh, total this, of seven yeah, days. this is all new. 
I'm not super experienced here. I'm not going to even claim that. But, you know, you're thinking, fuck, he's been gone half an hour, and then he's yelling at me, bring the dogs, so I bring the dogs up. Leashed up. Leashed up. And he... <laughs> for, for fucking anybody who's ever tried to hold a dog back, imagine trying to hold a fucking, you know, whatever Sphinx is, 80, 90, 80, 90 pounds, and Trax, who's probably 75, yeah. holding those by a skimpy-ass leash and a bow in your hand, pack on your back, going through snow, it's like, dude, that was... I think that kicked my ass worse than anything. Yeah. Even just that quarter mile or washing machine. Fuck. I'm just sitting there. And Sphinx is like, I'm just like, there's, there's like 10% of the time in that situation where it's really dope. Where they're pulling you up the hill. Sure. Like straight up. Sure. Like very noticeably assisting you. Yes. To gain elevation. Yes. That's 10% of the time. Yeah, and this was downhill. Yeah, you were getting there. I'm just they were ragdolling. Yeah, I'm just like trying to keep my bow out of the fucking snow and just you know. And then I meet up with you, and it's like obvious that this cat isn't dead yet, which you know, like this isn't good. Yeah, no. And I'm just sitting there like, holy shit! I thought I made a good shot. And we even go back and look at videos and photos on my phone. Yeah. We're still to this day that same disbelief is still in me from this day. I watch it, uh, and I'm like. My only conclusion is physics are weird and broadheads and arrows and angles and ribs and skin are weird. And maybe the will to stay alive is weird. Is yeah, for sure. It was fatally hit. Yeah. And I mean, so when I met up, met up with you, then we were like, okay, like, and I was, because I think our main concern was hoping the arrow was not still in the cat, which it wasn't. We we're like, they're definitely going to fight this cat on the ground. And right. if there's a broadhead sticking out of it, that's not good. More scary than the cat, the yep. dead cat. Yeah. So we turn loose. The dogs end up going just straight. At, pretty much after we met up and we turned the dogs loose, that cat went straight up. I yep. mean, five, 600 feet. And Which validated our decision to turn loose. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it's kind of interesting, too, is when we turned out, we didn't know what we knew when we left. <laughs> that that cat had bedded down two to three times in between where we turned him loose the yes. second time and when we treat him. Yeah, I believe that cat would have died within yeah. a 30-minute sure. window because after we turned loose, you know, they treated again a half mile away or whatever it was, but in between that point and the tr- the second tree, we found two or three beds yep. where with the cat had laid down with puddles of blood in it. Yep. This is a dying, dead animal. Yeah. But we kicked them loose. They jumped them out of that bed and put them up again. Thank, which, yeah. Was pretty sweet and all. I mean, you know, it. I consider that like a hunt of a lifetime. I mean, I've wanted to kill a cat for 20 years probably, something like that. Hmm. So it's not like it was some, you know, just spur of the moment hunt. It was like something I'd wanted to do for a while. And it was kind of cool to get a second shot on it. I mean, selfishly, I'm saying that. <laughs> for the <laughs> that is that is very honest of you. You know, it's it's very a, honest of you. It's just like fuck. It was cool shooting it once, but then it's like, oh, I got to shoot this thing a second time. That's pretty sweet. Uh, I tell you what, I got a similar story about a brown bear. I shot about eight <laughs> to ten times. <laughs> and I tell that story. I'm like, well, you know, if you're gonna have a brown bear in your crosshairs. Right. You might as well let her right. buck. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so that was it. Was pretty sweet from my perspective you get to shoot it twice all right that doesn't sound good so no. you're but it's real but you're it's being, real you're being very honest yeah uh so we treat the cat again and it 
it looks even bigger in this tree because it's like a small Christmas tree. It only treed up about 10 feet up. Yeah. And we were able to get right on the same elevation with it. And it looked fatally. Yeah, for sure. It was was a sick cat in this tree. I was surprised it treed again. And, you know, you wish hunting was always quick, immediate death on every animal you take, but that's not the reality of it. And uh, it was validating to know that we were going to finish – for sure. This uh, story. For sure. Yeah, and I mean, that that second time was wicked because that cat looked he, – he was a big cat. He looked mad. He looked uh, angry, more angry this time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Probably because you zipped an arrow through. Yeah, and I think I myself, I was a little more tired, and I think that's when you were talking about me, like, barking yeah. at you a little yeah, bit. I was great. definitely like, Pete, shut those fucking dogs up. <laughs> it was so – it was <laughs> – uh, we there's just such uh heightened emotions and like expressions in these moments uh i i was just like uh jubilated so happy that like we yeah. like i was so happy that they treated again the dogs didn't get killed for the sure the lion is going to get killed here in a second for like, sure it was like really uh satisfying buoyant moment for me and again, I probably started to take a video, and you're knocking an arrow, and you're all winded and slipping and trying to get settled in the snowbank, and I'm right in your face with the camera, and you're like, can you just back up for a second? And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I know this kid pretty good, and I will back up. I was like, I turned the camera off, so I was like, oh, fuck. Like, Dude, I'm sorry. Yes. I can't get the dogs to stop barking. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'll back up over here. <laughs> You're like, thanks. <laughs> you stroke the cat, double dead. Yeah. Falls out of the tree, double dead. Uh, you were finally able to, I think, relax a little bit. Yeah. Uh, maybe only when I went down and grabbed it, you know, because it still went out of sight again. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I think that's the first one. I mean, it, it looked good. It sounded decent. Not that sound should be indicative of a good shot, but that no I, ribs cracking yeah. right in the red zone. Like, of course, that sounds good. Right, but that second shot, I remember specifically it being like whoop, that Ooh, just like deep chest, deep, just like both lungs, just diaphragm, ever yeah, whoop, Beautiful and voice. and on the first shot, that cat just exploded out of the tree, just jumped lateral. You know, on the second yeah, shot. It freaked, it freaked him out. It was like a bee sting. That second shot, that thing was rolling. I mean, yeah, he, he was dead before he hit the ground. Yeah. And he went and holed up in a in a log jam. I went down and, and got him yeah. and then called you down. Yeah. And it took us a while to kind of pull him out of that log jam. And he just kept getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> he was kind of like balled up in this yeah. jam. Yeah. Which was hard. And it was slippery oh, yeah. and steep. And it was kind of hard for us to get him out of there to well and we're fighting the dogs too because oh that was it sphinx is so fucking jacked on killing this cat and i'm like trying to i'm grabbing and it's like it's not a world record cat it's a big cat but it's still like i I was i bet it was 145 to 150 pound cat a full grown i was struggling to pick it up mountain lion and it was like i mean part of it was the steepness of the hillside we were on. And part of it was Sphinx. And Sphinx is sitting there grabbing the, even in the picture, Sphinx is sitting there grabbing the front paw on that thing, jerking on it, growling. <laughs> I'm like, this cat's dead. We're trying to take photos, and Sphinx is just like, mine. Yeah. 
in a, in, in a way it is. Yeah. I know? mean, I mean, without that dog, that would not have, I mean, I felt incredibly honored to have actually like kill the cat with that dog just cause he's like an older dog and you know, you know, you don't know. Appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Sphinx is a G. Yeah. And a big part of my story and fucking the, for the, sure. The backbone of me for the last decade. For sure. And, uh, you know, I went and killed a lion this winter right after you right with him and it was not only my biggest cat but biggest because sphinx was there for sure and it, everybody gives me shit about i always act like sphinx is five thousand years old and in a way he is yeah but krista <laughs> krista started blowing the whistle on that about <laughs> she was like he's not as old as you keep telling everyone he is because i'm like ah, i think he's 19 or something now <laughs> lose track and we did the math on it. He's 10. Oh, he's there a, you go. He's a summertime baby, and he is 10 on the dot right now, which ain't young. No, especially for a working dog. No, especially you know? a dog that's going to go get tore up by some mountain spirit at right. the top. Of for sure. Line and come back to us needing to be stapled up. Fuck. <laughs> I pick my battles with him now. Yeah. Uh, I, won't, I won't burn him up. Yeah. Know? But I will let him. If he's up and wants to hunt, I'll I'll let him hunt. And I think you gotta let those dogs. I mean, my dog, my lab, she's the cross country ski with me till she was f- almost fifteen years old. Ah, oh, rest in peace. She was a good one. Yeah, but you think about that, and it's like Sphinx. It's like what's gonna kill him is not taking him. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe you're right. You know, I'm just holding up on the couch and. I mean, as shitty as it would be, it's like I'd rather him die on the mountain. Oh, I'm. Uh, you know, I'm. Very comfortable uh, at this point. It's dark to think about, but I'm I'm pretty comfortable agreeing with that. I mean, it's not you know, it's like you would go out with the your old, boots on. The know? old line is like, it's not tragic to die doing what you love. That's right. Yeah. It might be to those around you, but <laughs> that's, what, that's what we'll say about you when you fall off this house you're building. Oh my, please no. He, he loved he loved building. He the loved house. the build. He loved the cut. Yeah, loved he, the sawdust that is in his every nose. Every morning he'd come out here and just breathe in the sawdust and tell I'm, how happy he was to be alive. I really love huffing that sawdust for weeks on end. <laughs> <laughs> it fucking makes me feel good. Uh. Gives my respiratory system a little boost, you know, every morning. You cooked any of your cat? I have not. I still have that big hindquarter left. Yeah, because we had to pack that cat out. So if you're not familiar, you don't have to salvage the meat of a lion, which is kind of uh, interesting. That's fine. Uh, That's fine to me. But I guess what's interesting because of that is that you do have to keep bear meat in this state. It's like if you don't have to keep lion meat, why the hell do we have to keep bear meat? So pick a lane. Uh, anyways, you don't have to salvage lion meat, but we do whenever we're able, we're able to. Yeah. And sometimes, a lot of times we get the cat out whole and you know, you can, you can butcher the entire carcass. Your cat was up in a hell hole. Yep. And so you skinned it. I I got the dogs out of your face. I I think I took some pictures, leashed up the dogs and was like, peace. See at the trucks. Yeah. You got this right. (laughs) Yeah. It's skinning a cat. So I had to go check a trap yeah. line. I had to go buzz down check. No, I had no qualms traps. about that. That was, I mean, but still, I mean. What I'm getting at is you, you saved some meat. Yeah. When you didn't have to. Yeah. And you still got it? You ain't it? Yeah. You Probably going to make a stew or something out of it. Ah. I was going to make some jerky, but then I was just like, I don't, it's like just the ham off the hind quarter. My buddy Hayden made some like uh, pastrami style oh, lunch meats. That sounds good. With his lion this past winter. And he's. He's been advocating for that sounds pretty good for me to do that too. 
I'll share the recipe. All right, Brando, I love you. Thanks for showing us your house. Thanks yeah, for reliving the cat hunt. And, uh, you know, stay safe with oh, yeah. the final steps of home building. Yep. Till next time.